This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where we talk to Oanda senior market analysts from around the world, getting all the latest business and market news. And I'm delighted to say that today it is Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? Very well. Greetings from New York. Now, in addition to some of the topics that we thought we were going to discuss earlier when we emailed each other today, there are some new bits of data coming out of Europe so far today. I think some retail numbers in the UK and some German PMI numbers. Yeah, there was a, a smorgasbord of, of economic data prints. Uh, I think the the first round of data was that retail sales reading from uh, the UK, and it was pretty impressive. I, I think everyone was surprised that you know retail sales surged 9.2 percent in April, which was you know double the the median forecast, and that's even before they lifted lockdown restrictions. So it, it's there's this belief that you're going to have you know, quite a, a strong, uh, you know, couple of months going forward. And that, you know, this, uh, this retail, you know, rebound, you know, as we've seen it in the US, this is going to be very, very strong. And that's, that's really, I think, driving some of the moves with uh, U- the UK yield curve, which is set to steepen. And uh, I think it, that's going to be because of growth and inflation prospects. Um, and then in addition to, you know, the, the, the retail sales print, um, we, you know, had the flash PMI readings, which, you know, across Germany uh, uh, and in France, we saw some uh, pretty, pretty uh, significant uh, um, um, improvements here. Um, you know, I think I think the uh, Germans had their 11th month of expansion on manufacturing, uh, you know, services also uh, came in a little bit uh, higher than forecast. Uh, there's just a lot of growing momentum here in, in, in this uh, reopening trade. And it's not it's 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 in the UK and it's you know, finally happening in Europe, too. So I think there's a lot of momentum there that's going to likely provide, uh, I think, a, a weaker dollar outlook for many traders. And, and, and right now you, you're one of the more interesting, uh, I think, um, notions that uh, I I've, I've been analyzing is that the expectations on tightening, and uh, and this is where I think uh, you're probably uh, going to see that many people are still uh, you know a little bit more optimistic on on the UK, but like there's uh, some growing bets that you know you you might see um, you know both the Fed and the UK uh, tighten at the same time. So I think those uh, interest rate height expectations are starting to improve in the US. So I think that uh, interest rate differential trade uh, that could uh, get a little bit more complicated as as people become a little bit more, um, I think, optimistic that, uh, you know, the, the, the Fed is probably going to be a force to pivot. So great, great, great data out of Europe. Uh, I think UK, you know, leading the charge here. But uh, no, it's uh, it's providing, I think, some um, optimism for the global economic recovery. And earlier on in the week in the UK, we had the annual rate of inflation figures, which more than doubled in April, jumping to 1.5%. So a lot smaller than how you are in the United States at the moment. But um, did that get a reaction, really, those those numbers? or Because obviously US inflation spooked markets last week. But was there a significant reaction after those British numbers? One of the things that we're, we're seeing here is that um, uh, it's because the inflation that we're going to see out of the UK is, is not going to mirror what's happening in the US. 
and 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 that is is um, I think you know the primary reason why people are becoming a little bit more um, I think um, concerned that you know the the you know the tightening story is is going to be rather similar and not really having you know the the, the BOE lead the charge. Um, I, I think one of the the you know the bigger you know stories uh, in the U.S. Um, which is kind of tilting that um, that story as far as pressure for the Fed to to, to begin that tapering discussion is we we saw McDonald's announce a raise to hourly wages by about an average of ten percent. Um, you know, Bank of America also announced that they're going to. Um, raise uh, their minimum wage to $25 per hour um, in, I think, in 2025. Uh, and, and this is really what is uh, was missing in the U.S. economic recovery. We, 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 did, we would not have, we didn't have wage growth in the longest expansion uh, in, in, in U.S. history. And now we're starting to see wage pressure. You know, the, the, the job market has not really um, had a strong rebound that people were expecting. I think the the consensus was really that we're going to probably average about a million you know new new uh, positions filled each month, and that's not happening. And it's because you know the, the there are job openings. It's just that employers can't lure people, and uh, that's probably why you're seeing a lot of states say we're going to just uh, suspend these federal benefits. And uh, I think the, the labor situation in the U.S. is only going to get rectified if we can continue to see, um, I think, increases in, in, in wages. And that is what will change, I think, the inflation debate for the Fed. So, so uh, a, lot, a lot happening. And it, it seems that uh, we're, we're probably going to see that uh, markets are going to be extremely sensitive to um, I think corporate America's uh, decisions to announce for more uh, pay increases, and what's really going to be the I think the the big big uh, debate on Wall Street is is the Fed making a policy mistake, and if the if if the Fed tapers a little bit, um, if they're a little late to the party in tapering, um, you know that that has you know could have severe consequences where you, it could trigger uh the economy to fall into a recession so i think uh there's a there is a pressure for the fed to move and uh you know that debate is going to be uh and you know i think amplified over these next couple of months and uh, that's why uh, i think right now it's fascinating to see that you know treasury yields though for the most part they're anchored so the bond market believes the fed this is going to be transitory inflation but if we continue to see signs that it might not be uh, that could spook markets. Can we talk about Bitcoin, Ed? Bitcoin is, you know, at times, uh, you know, um, uh, a momentum trade on on steroids. And I think the uh, financial risks to Bitcoin, um, I think the, the growing risks as far as the, you know, the environmental impact and also the, you know, regulatory crackdown where we're seeing China really amp up their rhetoric uh, even today, um, you know, prices were stabilizing this morning, and, and China comes out just kind of reinforcing their 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 stance on um, um, you know going after miners and all Bitcoin related activities. So, you know, the pressure is 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 in is uh, undoubtedly uh, growing here. And uh, you know, just yesterday, the you know the, the Fed announced that uh, they're putting together. Uh, paper, which will be released in the summer on the digital dollar. Uh, so, 
you have the two world's largest economies, you know, the majority over three quarters of the, you know, of the Bitcoin network is powered from China. So there is a lot of risk right now. And uh, I think that uh, the, uh, the story is, uh, you know, a lot of this money that came into Bitcoin, the institutional side, they are extremely uh, nervous because, uh, you know, their average, you know, price on when they got in um, was uh, a lot higher when it's when uh, where it's currently trading. So so I think you're going to see the volatility is not going to ease anytime soon. Uh, but uh, but I think that you're going to probably see that, uh, you know, the, the crypto world, uh, the Bitcoin bulls have been very quick in getting in front of the uh, the uh, ESG concerns. And, and uh, I think that you're going to see um, over these next couple of weeks, uh, there will be, I think, some decisions that uh, highlight, um, you know, the, the shift to using more renewable energy. I think that uh, um, some of the, the, the key holders are going to, you know, provide some type of audit system that will, I think, uh, appease many market participants. I think um, for corporate America and for, you know, institutional money to really, you know, come back and, and you know, ride this as a long-term trade, they need to see those, um, I think, um, carbon footprint issues eased and uh, uh, that, that, that's coming. Uh, the regulatory environment, though, that's the big question mark. No one has a handle on that. And uh, I think the, you know, the fear is that, you know, Bitcoin will have a similar fate to what happened in 2018 when, you know, it, it was right around 20, almost hit 20,000 and then it crashed to, you know, the low 3000s. I don't think that is going to happen. I think that, uh, you know, the, the public is on board with crypto. So I think, you know, the volatility is going to be intense. And, and right now you're just seeing this uh, be, you know, a momentum trade and Bitcoin trades 24 seven. So you're, you're not going to see, I think, um, you know, the, the steady uh, calm in, in this in, in this marketplace. And of course, while Bitcoin has gone south, Ed, gold is in much better shape, isn't it? In fact, it's approaching, last time I looked, $1,900. And is this partially because of the Bitcoin nosedive? Uh, that, that is a contributing factor. I think that uh, for many traders, Bitcoin was viewed as an inflation hedge. I, when when you're the best performing asset and, and you know for for all of 2020 and for the you know most of the first for all of the first quarter and you know a good good chunk of April, you know, Bitcoin, you know, dominated everything. Um, even, you know, given this week's, you know, crash, uh, Bitcoin is still outperforming most asset classes. Um, you know, Bitcoin is still up 26% year to date. Ethereum is up 226% year-to-date, while the S&P 500 is only up 11%. Uh, oil prices are, you know, they are slightly outperforming. They're up over 30%. But I think you're going to see that people are, are still excited about, um, um, you know, cryptos. But, but um, that belief that it's an inflation hedge, that blew up this week. Uh, so, so, so I think that, uh, you know, everyone is now looking back to gold gold has has um, provided uh, i think uh, um in, in the past you know uh, uh, it, it it attracted um flows 
during deflationary periods and, you know, people loved it as an inflation hedge in the 90s. Uh, I think that you're probably going to see that uh, for, for gold, you know, what really kind of, uh, you know, changed, uh, I think, uh, the, the outlook over these past few weeks was, you know, that ETF selling finally ended. And, and now you're starting to see stronger physical demand from China. Um, I think that, you know, the, the risks of a policy mistake from the Fed, um, you know, the Indian uh, virus variant is, is also comp complicating the global economic reopening. And uh, that's helping trigger some safe haven flows. So gold is just getting, you know, just a, a you know, to a barrage of just different types of uh, investors. And, and, and right now, I think the, the, the outlook for gold is, is, is still um, pretty attractive because of uh, the Fed's, um, you know, ultra accommodative stance, which for many people has sealed the fate for, you know, a weaker dollar at, for, you know, the majority of the summer and probably, um, I think, a, a good portion of uh, the fall. So, so I think right now gold is, is kind of uh, becoming a, a favorite trade for a lot of people. And uh, uh, I think, um, you know, as we break some of these technical levels, you know, watch out. You know, we, uh, I, I think that it, it's, you know, quietly crept up. And then now if we take out 1900, uh, you know, I think the, you know, everyone, you know, will just realize that, hey, it's only, you know, it's less than $200 from the record highs. So lots, lots more momentum could be in there for gold. Totally agree. Let's look ahead to the next week or so. What are the outstanding highlights for you from a data point of view? And what else is happening? Well, I think I think one of the, the more uh, interesting events uh, will be, uh, we're going to have uh, in the crypto space, uh, you know, everyone is, is is focused on that right now. So I'll, I'll leave with that. And and, and uh, the the CoinDesk uh, uh, event, uh, the consensus, it's a three day event. We will see um, uh, Fed's Fed Governor uh, Lael Bernard uh, speak, and I think everyone is going to be looking for any hints on on what's going to be coming out from that Fed paper, which will be released in the summer. And, and uh, I think I think that um, speaking at a, a crypto event, uh, she's going to address a lot of the, um, I guess, the concerns as far as you know how how quickly is the digital dollar going to be uh, from getting launched, and uh, to you know what other regulatory uh, decisions is the Fed contemplating? Uh, so so that that could be a make or break moment for for. Uh, uh, many uh, macro people who are going to uh, really, um, I think, view that if if the U.S. crackdown is coming a lot sooner, that could really, um, I think, eat at some of the, the stabilization we've seen since uh, the crash from the middle of the week. Uh, on uh, going back to more traditional <laughs> uh, economic uh, releases or uh, events, uh, uh, we do have a rate decision out of New Zealand that is... Um, for the most part, uh, expected to be uh, no change, uh, you know, but uh, I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of people are going to wait for, you know, potential QE tapering signals. And that's dependent on the the strength of the, the New Zealand recovery. Uh, so I, I think you could see, uh, you know, the Kiwi dollar could be, uh, could be uh, uh, you know, bid, um, um, you know, uh, post that event. So that that's going to be an important one to to stay on top of. There is a, a wrath of economic data in the U.S. I think that's going to be um, um, 
providing a lot of people with, uh, uh, you know, another look at first quarter GDP. Uh, there, there's, uh, um, with, with this economic recovery, I think, you know, um, everyone's also closely paying attention to uh, the, uh, well, you know, durable goods sales. That's going to have a, you know, good impact on, on, on the outlook for um, this second quarter numbers. And uh, I think, um, you know, with, with, I th the um, overall, you know, focus on Europe, uh, the, you know, the, the German recovery is going to be key. And uh, we get uh, the um, uh, IFO uh, business climate readings on Tuesday. That's going to, um, I think, uh, be um, pretty, pretty impactful. Um, but um, overall, though, it does seem that uh, the, you know, the it's somewhat of a more quiet week than the last two. So I think you'll probably see markets will be more focused on uh, momentum. And uh, obviously, uh, depending on what the bond market does, I think that's really where people's uh, focus is right now. Okay, Ed. Fascinating stuff. Thanks very much for joining us today and have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. The Oanda Podcast.